Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Ember Perspective. I'm your host, Stephen Ibach. In Ember Perspective, we seek to create an atmosphere for meaningful conversation and expect to find a greater perspective on how different people experience and relate to God. As you listen, know that you're welcome to any of the rhythms, tools, ideas, truths, or processes that we delve into. If you find them to be helpful, take them and bring fresh perspective to your life journey as you are relating to and experiencing God. Thanks for listening. I would, I'd love to, um, to kind of get into a little bit of what you do in terms of spiritual direction. Sure. I think, you know, there's just so, again, so yeah. much there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but isn't that yeah. fun to be able to sit down and think, wow, we just have so much to talk about. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of people get bored with their faith, and they feel like, oh, I'm done. But really, if we stop and we share with each other, there's just so much to help and to grow with each other. Mm. So spiritual direction would be um, a particular vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, jump in. Tell us. Um, that some people might not get excited about, and that's okay, that's fine. Um, uh, it, it comes out of a Catholic tradition. Since the 70s, there's more Protestants understanding this. So... Um, the way I look at it is that all of us listen for God. If we're Christians, we're listening for Jesus through the power of the Spirit. It's impossible to come to faith without listening deeply at some level. And then early discipleship worships, you're listening. you know. And so we're all doing it. So it's not that spiritual direction, you have to call it spiritual direction to know that it's actually happening. The difference is when we say this as a particular ministry is we're saying that I've spent some time thinking about the, the hard discipline of listening to other people, listening for God in other people. So um, what it looks like is uh, I have 15-minute uh, sessions that people will sign up for. And, 50 and minutes? 50, 50. yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and uh, we begin in silence, and I invite them just to consider what in their conversation with God is stirring. Where do they want to go? What, and really, it's a question of discernment. What are you working on in your growth, in your love language with God? Or, as it were, maybe not, if you're finding resistances and feeling stuck. So just share, and it's supposed to be a safe place for people to be as honest as they are able to. And I spend most of my time listening and and rephrasing what they're saying to me. So again, I said, you know, like a mom who's feeling stuck with her kids, um, usually it's not just about the kids. And I'm not there as a counselor to say, hey, you know what? You need to kind of get over that because it's not. this is not really about the kids. There's more going on here. There's more. Go- Instead, <laughs> what I do as a director is I say, tell me more about your experience of being at home with your kids. And she might tell me then some more about cleaning them, feeding them. You know, but that one thing that I'm not really good at, I just don't, I, I just don't want to play with them. I don't want to sit on the floor. My kid always wants to bring the Legos out. And I feel so bad because I don't have the patience. And then I'll say, well, tell me more about impatience. What's your experience of impatience? And then she'll go on and say, I've been impatient for so long with my marriage. I'm impatient with myself. 
and I'm just getting so, and then I, I can see that she's like getting her chest and her shoulders are getting hunched over and her face is getting contorted. And I'll say, it seems that you're actually you're getting pretty restless right now. And she'll say, I'm actually, I'm angry. And she came in just wanting to talk about how guilty she had, feels about her kids. But by asking questions in a prayerful conversation, we've gone beneath that and beneath that, and beneath that. And all of a sudden she's staring at her anger. And I'll say, well, what, where are you angry? And chances are, it turns out she'll be angry with God because somehow she might have married somebody that she doesn't know if she loves anymore, and I thought this was the thing, and I thought I was getting this degree to be this kind of a worker in this career, and now I'm stuck at home, and I'm angry, and God, aren't you actually really here to help me? Oh, and that often people will hide their, that anger, and it takes three or four sessions before they get to that anger and um you know and if we want to bring the art back into it you know that that all those those experiences are cultural engagements for her cooking cleaning playing in the house how are those physical artistic their cultural artifacts how are those helping her opening her to herself or to god She's discerning, this thing sucks. Like, I don't mm-hmm. like it. Well, why don't you like it? And so we just keep going deeper. And and then at the end, you know, sometimes I will help people if they ask, um, attend to some really practical prayer practices, how they read scripture or journal, how they um, maybe need to get back to some nature walks, some exercise. How do we help you find practical resources to, to get unstuck so that you can stay more attentive to the Holy Spirit after this 50-minute session. It's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Instead of me being the guru and being like, that, that's where I, this in the podcast, like I'm the guru here. I've got all this stuff about art. And, and the reason why I try to make fun of myself is because who, who cares what Josh Brenner thinks about <laughs> art and prayer? Who really does care? The question to anyone who's listening is, how does that actually matter to your practice, mm-hmm. to the way you live. That's all that really matters. So what if I've read a bunch of books and I've got these things worked out on the page? That's are good ideas, but are you going to then go make art? Are you going to go par- participate in art? Are you going to go pray? That's really the question. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. direction really tethers me back. It holds me back in that 50-minute session to say, in a very vulnerable way, this is Jesus that's going to change her. The Spirit that's going to change her. It's not, I don't have the help that she needs. So, You've said the word a couple of times mm-hmm. in, in our conversation here. And, um, but when, when you talk about mystics, mm-hmm. um, could you kind of define that for people listening sure. to, and what you're talking about there? So the myst- mystical, mystic is a kind of a prickly pair of a word that various people throughout the church have affinity or aversion for in the charismatic circles it might translate a whole lot better um but still like the history of that what does that really mean um so a mystic would just be a person who consistently shows evidence that they have access regular access to more of god than we thought we could uh, rationally mentally think possible Mm. And the interesting thing is, like, Teresa Vila had these very, very ecstatic experiences where she even, like, was maybe levitating or 
um, uh, St. Francis, the stigmata, you know, the signs of Christ's suffering in his wrists, um, the wounds of Christ appearing there. Teresa will come back and say, don't ask for these gifts. <laughs> this is not the point. Mm. The point isn't the ecstatic experience. The point is love, transformation. And she actually reports in her autobiography that these mystical experiences were very painful physically. And so um, she's, and she, she uses the words favors. Basically, she warns, be careful what favors you're asking for. Mm. And so what I'm, I'm trying to do, um, what I'm trying to do with the invitation is to bring all that mysticism to a very ordinary level and to say that we don't have to be mystics to be mystical. So any prayer, any engagement with God will lead us on the path toward beauty and more. The question is, what imagination do we have for how much more there is? And I think that that points us to the mystical realities, the presence of God. And and so, yeah, you don't have to be a mystic to be mystical. And, mm-hmm. and that question is, what are your gifts of the Spirit? They'll be different than Teresa's or St. Francis, thank God. <laughs> and, you know, and he died in early death because his brothers went for a power grab as soon as the, the, the friars became a thing mm. sanctioned by the Pope, all of a sudden ego got in the way and Francis was being sent around. He was very sick and they kept saying, go do more, go do more, go do more. And he died young and he, his, one of his closer friends said, why don't you rebuke these guys? Mm. And he said, if my, my actions, this is where we get that speak, uh, Preach Christ, preach Christ, and if you have to, use words. Mm-hmm. That That's actually attributed to Francis. He didn't actually say that, uh, <laughs> the way that we uh, Protestants glom onto that. <laughs> but he actually did that. So it's true to Franciscan spirituality. He said, why would I go rebuke these? If my life does not challenge them to see the truth, mm. then why would my words? And then he died. <laughs> so the mystics, it's like, oh my, my what? Would, is that possible? We're all really afraid of God, and I don't, I don't want to go closer to God because he might want to send me to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he might make me want to stop watching so much Netflix, um, whatever it is. Um, so the question, the mystical reality is, well, maybe you're not ready to give up Netflix. Maybe it's just a little more openness to God. I think this is actually really good to like press into a little bit more because um, we talked about it before the we were doing the podcast. Yeah, the lev- <laughs> definitely the levitation piece. Oh, definitely the levitation piece. <laughs> but no, you, you had talked a little bit about it um, before we started the podcast, but um, what would you say to somebody that's, because um, you're talking about mystics here and people mm-hmm. that are drawn to the more of God. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody that is uh, maybe in a place where they're just kind of burnt out sure. and... Um, they they don't think there's more, mm-hmm. or maybe they are kind of mm-hmm. um, just obstinately not wanting to go there for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Sure, sure. First, I would say that's fine if you feel stuck. <laughs> if you, it's okay. There's no shame in that. Um, you're suffering, and you're 
I mean, yeah, the, the church and uh, the churches often aren't offering us the help that we need to get to the, I don't know where you're worshiping. So some are good, some aren't. Um, and then our culture is living in a kind of insanity right now. So it makes total sense if people are struggling with um, numbness in their souls, even straight up depression. Um, and that's fine. The question is, do you have, do you have a place where you can step closer to light? We can step closer to honesty. And that might be just in your own space. It might not be somebody else. It might be just you learning to articulate that you are numb, just being able to see that, saying that to yourself. The best next step is to find other people that you can be honest with. This is why we bear one another's burdens, confess our sins to each other. We step into the light of someone else and dark things, demonic wants to keep us lost in the quagmire of ourself. I'm going to figure this out or I'm not going to figure it out. I'm just going to not pay attention and I'm just going to keep doing things mm-hmm. or staying addicted to or screens or substances or whatever that is just so I don't have to really see what's going on. So any way to slow down the chaos at all or bring light into the darkness. And that usually happens for most of us, not through some ecstatic experience, but through just simply being vulnerable Hmm. with another human being. Um, And then the trouble with a lot of people is that they don't know who that person would be, who they could really be that vulnerable with. And so I would say, let's, let's pause and, and think about really what do you really need and who really is at hand. Hmm. And, and there will be some risk in that. And that's really ultimately where faith is grown, where we stretch because dark things would want to keep us isolated. And so it's, it's risky. If you're vulnerable, somebody might not respond or reciprocate. They might not really listen to you. But even in the act of trying, of naming it in front of someone else is in, in front of God a holy light bearing act. And you might be surprised by how that other person responds in kind. So one of my directees, um, really powerful, gifted person who decided to go for one career Spent all these years in one career, just one of these people that realized didn't, didn't like this career and was afraid to become honest about how trapped he felt because he was afraid his wife would be ashamed of him. And so he carried that burden of, I can't really just be honest with my wife because mm. she might resent me because if I quit this job, then there's all this uncertainty that will ensue. And he carried it around for another couple of years of not really being honest with himself and then being honest with her. And when he finally just said, I've been wearing masks, pretending to be something that I don't really care to be anymore. Of course, she full on embraced him and said, thank you. So he's quitting his job. They're selling their big house. He's going for a career change. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. It's incredibly scary. But it took him time to start wondering, oh, I feel lost, I feel numb, I feel distant. I don't know what I, oh, 
it was him finally just saying, this is true. Mm. The other um, arena, if, if there's people that want to do something more uh, definitive, um, there's a prayer practice called the um, examination of consciousness that comes from Ignatius of Loyola. And I can also send you guys links to where I have resources for the examine. Um, and all it is is like a really developed way of journaling. <laughs> so you, you, you just, you report on, the, on a page, this is what's really going on. And you start listing, this is what's really going on. And instead of trying to fix yourself, these are the bad things, these are the good things, these are the bad things, these are the good things. You're just giving yourself freedom to get it on the page. You're examining your consciousness. What's going on inside of me? What are the tapes that are playing? What are the voices I'm hearing? I keep feeling that I am such a, a loser. And I keep hearing that from my boss or my friends. I just keep, I feel stuck. This voice, I'm a loser. But, you know, that turns out on the page, that project actually came through and it was pretty good. So we see all these things. We just get it. We pray. And we come back and we say, okay, Jesus, which one of these things do you really want to talk to me about? And then we spend time in prayer just on that one thing. Instead of trying to go through everything, mm-hmm. we sift through that one thing. And usually if we, if we go to the jugular of that day, the Spirit will, will shine light on something that then builds faith for how he'll attend to everything else on that list. So the Jesuits, this is Ignatius had launched the Jesuits, um, the current Pope Francis is a Jesuit. In um, the movie Silence that came out, I think last year, mm-hmm. uh, Shusako Endo's novel was turned by Martin Scorsese into a film, uh, and um, those those m- missionaries were Jesuits. They were sent out. I was telling you guys earlier, Ignatius sent them out to set the world on fire, but one of their 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 tasks being in a kind of order of of of, uh, of obedience, was to practice this examination of consciousness three times a day. Mm. What's going on? What's going on? The scriptures would call this taking every thought captive. There's all this stuff going on. I don't really know what's going on. I don't know. I'm just so addicted to dissipate to just numbness to uh, the music I listen to, the th- the thing, the jobs I'm doing, the way I spend my spare time. The way I stay up at, late at night is actually just helping me ignore all my thoughts. But if we get really practical and get disciplined, then wherever you are, as far as disillusionment, the Spirit will come into those ordinary things and help you find hope. It's just what He does. So good. Uh, but one of the things that whenever I first started listening to your podcast, the Invitation Podcast... Uh, invitationpodcast.org <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it, uh, it was actually it's actually been a real impactful part of my journey okay. and just and just the Lord inviting me into mm-hmm. silence and actually um, and actually listening mm-hmm. to what he's saying and being aware of what he's doing mm-hmm. in me internally and through the world around me mm-hmm. um, and uh, but one of the phrases that you said that I that I wrote down and um, that really struck me mm-hmm. was, uh, I feel like I always mess up this phrase every time I try to think of it, uh, but it's uh, ruthlessly remove rush or ruthlessly remove hurry mm-hmm. from your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, 
and that's just so that's been so profound mm. for me and but at the same time it's such a that. challenge because mm-hmm. uh, yes, yeah. even like one of the places i work at is starbucks mm-hmm. you know where it's a lot of like there's it's real fast paced, mm-hmm. you know, like every time I think of ruthlessly removed, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I just need to quit working. <laughs> and I, and I have meetings that I have to get to that. I'm usually like, man, I have to get to this location. So that way. And I, I like through listening to your podcast and just through time mm-hmm. with the Lord, like I'm realizing how much I'm missing out on in the present moment, yeah. like in the car, just wherever sure. I am. Uh, and so I just love to hear you speak into how do we how do we make space for God in mm-hmm. our busyness? Mm-hmm. And what is the actual quote? So um, the story is uh, John Orberg, who's a, a kind of enterprising younger pastor who was part of the Willow Creek um, explosion of the church. Is a whole part of the American church that's been really fixated on Willow Creek and he was one of the, the core leaders and he, he, he as somebody who was in ministry getting busier and busier and busier he, he found the writings of a philosopher who writes on Christian spirituality named Dallas Willard and um, so he was kind of discipling himself to Dallas you know just help me help me do this help me break through into the life of Christ in deeper ways. I'm a pastor, I'm doing all this stuff, but exactly the same question. And so it's like you can imagine this young guy with a pad and paper. So, okay, so what do I do? And Willard just says, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Mm. And then Ortberg said, okay, so now what's next? <laughs> and Willard said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. <laughs> So, um, so just real quick, geeking out again, the history of the church, the mystical tradition we're talking about, has looked at transformation in three core stages. The purgative, dying to self, taking up my cross to follow Jesus. The illuminative, to put on the mind of Christ, to see in and through the truth of the scriptures. And the, the, the way the Holy Spirit helps us illuminate the world. But then third would be the, the, the unitive or what, what they would call spiritual marriage. So this is what the song of songs paints this picture for us. I am his and he is mine. So when Willard's beginning this by saying you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, we would say that that busyness is the core darkness or blindness of our society. If we're going to start by death, what we're doing today, the first stage towards transformation, is looking at the way we live chaotic lives. And so that's really, this is why, this is, I feel kind of guilty doing this podcast where I'm kind of laying out all these ideas. Again, it doesn't matter what the ideas are. With my podcast, what I'm trying to do is offer guided prayers where you experience God speaking and rehearsing these things so that you're actually being transformed. So that is the first, I think, episode I did on Matthew 11. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So Willard actually talks about learning the yoke, the proper yoke. A yoke is um, what was used to harness beasts, labor beasts, beasts of burden. So you have oxen, you put a yoke on them to keep them pointed in the right direction. And so it's not that Jesus is saying, hey, if you come to me, you will have complete uh, unfettered freedom to do whatever you want. No, (laughs) he's saying, I want to teach you the right kind of work. So if you come to me and you're burdened when you're living in this chaotic life, I want to teach you another mode, another kind of discipline. So we end up saying there's, there's a kind of work that's necessary in order to find rest. Mm. And that's offensive to our minds because we're like, I'm over here trying to show God that I'm good at it. I'm building a church and mission trips and I'm leading worship services. Going, on. Why isn't it not easier? Well, it's a different kind of work. It is a joining with the Holy Spirit to look at the way you're living a day. So the simple thing, this examine of consciousness, I was suggesting you could do an examine with your, your week schedule. Sit down and look at the way you're spending your spare time, your creative time, your relationship time, your resting time, your exercise. And you have to step back and then surrender that calendar to the Holy Spirit and say, Hmm. what here can be tweaked, not overhauled? We're not ready to go in with a wrecking ball. I'm not, I'm not that holy. He's graceful. He wants us to come just, eh, what's the next step? And so we go in and we just kind of trouble our schedule. We just maybe create. So with these day and age where everybody has a smartphone, you want to do some more prayer? Put it on your on your schedule so it pops up on your phone. There's an app that's out of Silicon Valley that I'm in conversation with called Abide, which is a Christian version of this mindfulness app. And we're in conversations right now where I might actually end up writing content for this. And um, it's the same cool. thing where you get this app and it it you set it up and you say, well, how often do you want reminders? And then they introduce you to several five-minute options. Take five minutes. Here's a little scripture. So you're just kind of throwing something helpful in what you're already doing, but you're using all these tools that might be causing you to be really distracted from God. <laughs> you're using it now instead. Oh, this is actually a really helpful tool. Even if you just did it with your own Google Calendar, put it in a repetition. Did you? You're busy. Maybe you don't have a half an hour for that that schedule, but just a ding, ding, ding. Pray. You're in the car. Pray. Oh. Right now? Or right now? I'm just, okay. Okay, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and and it really could just be that breath. And if you did that once a day for a week, mm. 30 seconds is a whole lot better than feeling shame about not doing a half an hour mm-hmm. twice a month. <laughs> mm-hmm. 30 seconds a day will be more fruitful for you than two hours a month. Mm-hmm. So it's just regular rhythms where you're eliminating rush and you're letting the Spirit break into what you're already doing. And it's amazing how God has this incredible ability to use His love to unravel my life. <laughs> so I never thought I'd be in a prison. That's crazy talk. You know, I, I wouldn't think seven years ago, I got a family. I got to go be with my kids. I can't take Saturday. Well, we'll figure it out. 
It's not that everybody should do that. My wife and I have sat down with our calendars and found other rhythms so that I'm not gone as much. So it's discipline, and usually that discipline requires us to think about what we're going to do by planning for it. Accountability then will be the last one is you know having not doing it alone. <clears throat> a lot of the accountability groups are about you know porn or web tumor whatever, and that's great, that's great. But usually those groups peter out because somebody stops wanting to be as raw about oh, I'm still doing this. Wouldn't it be better if we all just said, "Hey, I'm trying to get 30 seconds a day," and the problem is we're then judging ourselves or somebody. We're afraid of 30 seconds a day. Come, <laughs> no, seriously, I'm just wanting. Like maybe when I wake up, here's a discipline. Maybe, maybe I'm not going to sleep with my phone next to me. I'm not going to have my phone within arm's reach, so that when I wake up, I'm going to take 30 seconds to just take some deep breaths to welcome love and grace into my life. That's not super heroic until you try to go to bed tomorrow night and you're like, oh, I just wanted to check the news one more time. Mm -hmm. But if you leave it in the kitchen, you park the phone in the kitchen, but you don't. We're, we're androids today. We, we, we live dependent upon these devices. So that would be one way to subvert, to put a shovel in the ground of some follow ground, you know, I got lots of ideas. <laughs> the question is, what are you called to? That's good. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I love how you mentioned breath. Mm -hmm. uh, just because that's something that I've been like just recently, like mm -hmm. really kind of diving into. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and just through just through like breath prayers mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that, like really emphasizing that. Because I feel like it sounds so simple and so disregarded. Yeah. But it, but it's so powerful at the same time because I've noticed like you've you've brought it up several yeah. times. So could you could you talk just well, briefly? Well, I'm someone who historically has struggled with anxiety and depression. It runs in my family. My mom has been committed a few times, and and so I, I was born with a chemical imbalance in my brain, and I don't have as much access to serotonin, and so I could look at that and be angry, and I have been angry with God. Why do I have this struggle? And now I realize that it's actually, in some ways, a gift, because when I start feeling anxious or tired, I, I realize a cleansing breath. When I do that, I, I feel like this, this rest. So three of those in the midst of an argument with someone. Reset. And there's actual brain chemistry, brain science behind this. The, the amygdala is our part of our brain, a brain stem that is what governs our survival skill of fight or flight. So we are always re reacting towards or against to run towards conflict or away from conflict. Oh no, car's coming over here. Make the alert, alert. You feel a little bit of shock. Somebody I don't like, run. <laughs> um, so so we're, if we start paying attention to our bodies, the amygdala triggers things in our bodies. And that's, our body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we're listening, we're listening to our bodies and we're aware, I just 
can't live the way that my roommate does. I'm in college and he just stays up late and does all these things and I just can't, mm. my body's telling me, I keep getting sick. Hello, mm. um, what's your body telling you? So then the breath, I mean, we do this when we exercise. We do this if you're a performer. Say you're doing a piano recital. Before you sit down, you put your hands, you take a deep. You think, imagine a surgeon going in. Something about breath helps you focus. Now I'm going to make that incision. I'm not just going to run in with an uncollected self and just be like, oh, it's right over there, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> you know, we're, so breath is focus. Now I am careful. And so if we do that through the day, conflict resolution with a, with a, a coworker. And, and the thing is, this is the way God made us. We're just not living in healthy ways. So breath is so helpful. And this could go, and then you could pull the thread on this, and there's diet. How do you go to sleep? Do you get enough sleep at night? Are you a person who exercises? I'm not talking about worshiping your body and getting huge biceps or whatever, and so you have a, a beach body. I'm, not talk- I'm just talking about cardio, getting the... God cares about that stuff. So breath is a big part of my... Because of my history with anxiety. It's my my sur- one of my survival and thr- now thriving skills. Um, I was just wanting to hear you because you're right now you're you're in a campaign mm-hmm. to to become like you have like a Kickstarter. Can, yeah, just explain the Kickstarter sure. and kind of what sure. your role is. And what yeah, um, I've never had like a thing that I wanted to bother people with. <laughs> I've always just. <laughs> I, I, I did. I spent seven years working on a record that I adore. I love this record. It's the only record that I'm like, yeah, you should listen to that. But I never went around saying that to people. <laughs> and I'm really shy of it. Um, but this thing, with, with this connection between the prison to the church through this podcast, so the invitation is a practice of spiritual direction that's invigorated by the movements of the Holy Spirit in a prison what that basically means is I want to go to the prison, hang out with Jesus amongst these prisoners, and then come back out and tell people about that. That's crazy. I, I can't believe how excited I am. So the Kickstarter then is um, covering a capital budget. So we're sitting here trying to f- fidget with your recording equipment. And I've got some, but this piece right here is new. And I'm trying to piece together a space, just like what you guys have here, and a set of gear that I don't have to borrow anymore so that I can focus on ministry rather than dorking around with knobs and broken mm-hmm. gear. And then it also has to do with um, sound treatments. And, and then it's also a space where I'm going to meet with people for direction. So I want it to be hospitable. And and then um, that only has uh, eight more days as f- for that. So that's over uh, uh, December 16th at like 11 a.m. Sunday morning. Um, and we're now 71% funded. Wow. I was only 41% funded when I showed up here three days ago. Wow. And there's been something crazy that's happened with that. And then after that, I'm hoping that people will l- love what God's doing through this so much that they want to become... Uh, supporting um, contributors to it. So, so how can people connect to you post-Kickstarter? Yeah. 
Kickstarter. The, the, do the podcast. If you, if they subscribe, if you go to the um, invitationpodcast.org, there's buttons at the top of every page. I think it's actually the bottom of each page where you can just subscribe. And then there's also on the core ministry uh, team page, there's a, a core focus. So the, the subscription is just to get updates for when I'm releasing new podcasts. Whereas if you find the core ministry page, which I can't, you'll just, if, you, if you're savvy, you can find it. That's, that's a little more high function where I'll be doing videos um, semi-regularly and little updates. Here's what you can pray for. Um, maybe a little more uh, content in terms of this just happened in the prison. I can't believe this. Just give thanks for that. Mm-hmm. And people that really want to feel spiritually connected, that also might want to help messaging. And if, if you're in a ministry and you're like, this is happening, other people should know about it. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Are you also looking for, so after this Kickstarter mm-hmm. campaign? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if someone wants, are, are you looking for people that would partner with you financially like yeah. on a monthly basis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. there is a, um, on the donation page, mm-hmm. you can set it up uh, for recurring donations. And I have, I have three right now recurring donations. Because I'm not actually even in a place where I've been asking for that. Mm-hmm. This is such big faith steps for me. It's so outside of my skill set. But when it comes to talking about something that I'm talking to people about something that matters, I'll, I'll do that. And um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll see what, what happens. The, the, the question I've laid before the Spirit and then with my community is, I don't have to do more of this. I'm, I'm completely content. I've got a lot of things to do. I'm just wondering how much more I could and should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the resources show up, then I maybe could offer more spiritual formation content, mm-hmm. whether it's in person retreats, more time in the prison, more podcasts. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to write some and um, get a couple of books out in the next few years too. So that all comes down to money and time. And yeah. Well, thanks for doing the podcast. Yeah, it's so so much fun to be listened to. It's a, I call that the holiest thing, the gift of listening and listening to. So this is fun. Thank you. Hey guys, Steven here. Just a couple more quick things. If you enjoyed the conversation, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would like more content from Ember, subscribe to our monthly content at emberhq.com. And as always, if you have any questions or thoughts for us, don't hesitate to email us at info at emberhq.com. Thanks so much for listening. A little closer